Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you call us your own, that we're your children, that you purchased us with a valuable price. So, Lord, we just pray today over the word of the Lord that you would just anoint me today, Father. I pray that you would just anoint the ears of every listener. May we receive revelation about who you say we are in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So glad to be with you here today. We've got kids at camp, so we've got another church site going on at the campsite, and we've got people who are on vacation. I hope some of you, um, that maybe you haven't taken time off, you'll get time off this summer and uh, have time to, to relax and regroup. But you know what? You don't want to take time off from the Lord. Whenever we take vacation, we always make sure that we, we're catching the word. Now, John and I, um, you can do this too. It's not because we're pastors, by the way. What I'm about to say has nothing to do with being a pastor. But we just have uh, certain ministers that we listen to all week long. All week long, we enjoy listening to the word. It makes you strong and happy, changes the way you think, all kinds of good news that you hear. So listen to the word throughout the week. I'm glad that, you know, it, it really says something about us um, when we know what we do with our, our free time. You have free time today. You didn't have to be here. And so it says a lot about who you are. There's certain time that you don't have that's free. You know, you got to make a living. Um, there's certain things you, you need to do um, within a given week. But when you set aside time to spend time in God's word and come to church, it says something about you. May the Lord bless you today for that. Today we're going to be talking about your redemption package. What it means, you know, Lisa um, just kind of mentioned some things today that I want to give you foundation for. And maybe if you attend this church on a regular basis, um, or you've been in church for a while, whatever, there are certain things that can become cliche. Um, and so like when you, when you hear things like, God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to, to your life to be successful. After a while, that can become cliche. So today what I want to do is give foundation to some of the things that you've heard today, some of the things that you sang about, and we're going to look at God's Word. We're going to look at Galatians chapter 3 today. What does the word redemption mean? The word redemption means to purchase back. Did you know that you and I, without Christ Jesus, were headed to hell? And not only that, until we got there, our lives would be hell. And that's exactly what your friends that don't know God, your family members that don't know him, there's a sense of foreboding and fear and loss and, oh no, what's next? An anxiety that accompanies their life. Hear me. That's the way... It is when you don't know God. It shouldn't be that way when we know him. What I want to do today is give you foundation for how we should be living. Um, and Galatians 3 gives us some, some things about that. Now, now, John has been talking to you the last three weeks about covenant. And he mentioned a few different examples of covenant in Scripture. And so you're going to hear a, a little bit in that vein as well today. I'm going to tie those things together for you, I hope. So... I want you to look at Galatians 3, chapter 13, and this is going to be our key passage. And then we're going to look down through Galatians 3, and we're going to stop and start. Now watch the screen, because I'm going to ask you some questions as we go along, because I want your mind engaged. If you've read the Bible before, if you've read Scripture before, you might go, oh yeah, I've read this before. 
It, or it might be new to you today. Either way, I want you to listen with fresh ears because it, we don't, the Bible says in Hebrews 4, 13, or 12, I believe it is, but the word of God is alive, active, operative, and energizing. There is no passage in scripture that any of us have gained all the light from because it's a living word. So I want you to, I want you to look at this with fresh eyes today. As we talk about your redemption package, this is if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. If you haven't, you can do that right there while you're sitting there. You can say, Lord, I need you. I want you to wash my sins away. I need you in my life. You can make that happen very quickly where you're sitting. But this is for us that understand, hey, I have made Jesus my Savior. It says, but Christ has rescued. I don't think that's the exact, it says New Living Translation. I thought it had, uh, maybe it was New King James on this one. It says rescued here, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. What I would like to say to you in another version, it says, but Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, and this is in the Old Testament, that part in quotes, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. That's why Jesus had to come and die on a cross and he couldn't die some other way. It was foretold in the Old Testament that he would die on a cross. And so in another version, it says this, but Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. Who became a curse? Jesus. He became a curse for us. So that, here's a reason why he redeemed us, why he became a curse. So that the blessing of Abraham could come on the Gentiles. It had already been pronounced on the Jews. Did you know there are two people groups in the Bible? Jews and Gentiles. You won't see race. Because God doesn't acknowledge race. There's no, there's no race in Christ Jesus. There's no race in this church gathering. Everyone is equal. There's no gender difference. So that's the way God sees things. That's why you, if you're searching, why, what does God say about the races? He doesn't. We, we all come from Adam and Eve. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse. I want you to look at that word curse right there. And you all, I see a lot of you week after week, and I know that you believe that Jesus paid the price for your sins, and you believe that the Word of God is infallible, and it is, it's His revelation to us. Here's one other thing I need you to regularly think about. The curse and the blessing are operating in the world. Those are three top revelations. Now, we hear a lot about Jesus dying on the cross for us. We hear about the Word of God, but I want you to know that it's extremely important that we understand the curse is out there. Now, you might think, Quinn, that's bad news. I don't want to hear about that. Yes, you do, because you're redeemed from the curse. Why? Jesus became a curse for us. Did he do anything to deserve that curse? Not a thing. He became a curse for us so that we could take on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He became a curse for us so that, it says this, so that the blessing, would you say blessing? The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. That is the great exchange. He became a curse. He didn't deserve it so that you could become righteous and redeemed, which you didn't deserve. 
Do you see that? The word made. He was made a curse. He was sinless. He was made. It was placed on him. Made a curse. Hear this. That's good news because if he didn't become a curse, it would have still been on us. But he took the curse so that you could be blessed. Now, here's the thing. If we read this out of Galatians 13, we can hoop and holler and be kind of, yeah, that sounds really great. But I want you to be founded in the word, and we're going to find out what the blessing of Abraham is. Because we want to know what belongs to us. John and Lisa both talked about how just not knowing something, not, not knowing what is available to us, is a real problem. Well, that is a real problem. We want to be aware of what God has, has purchased for us in redemption. So let's look at that today. Now, I'm going to, as we read a little bit out of Galatians, I'm going to stop and talk to you about it. We'll go a verse, and then we'll stop and talk about it. Is that good? And then you may want to take notes. If you have a Bible that you can highlight and take notes in, great. That's your workbook. If you've got one that you think, oh, I'd never write in this Bible, I'd put it in a case at home. Go ahead, put it in a case at home and get you one you can write in so that you can take notes and use this stuff during the week so that you can live and walk this stuff out. It's going to be amazing in a minute. Listen, when you hear what God promised Abraham, Jesus became a curse for us so that we could have the same, same blessing that was on Abraham. It links the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so you want to know what that is. We've got to know what blessing did Abraham have. Now, the Galatians give you a little bit of a background. Um, the, the town of Galatia, the group of Galatian people, Paul came and he was talking to them, and he's, we're going to read what he said to them. And he corrects them a bit because there were a group of so-called Christians that were saying, oh, yeah, 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 Jesus died on the cross for you. Yeah, 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 we're not discounting that. But you also have all these other rules and regulations. You got to do this, and you got to do that, and you got to do this, and you need to do that. And so it was becoming weighty. And so Paul comes and he, he says to them, listen. Jesus and his redemption, the price he paid on the cross, is enough. You don't have to add anything to it. Well, you and I can go, yeah, isn't that interesting history? No, it's the same way in our world today. Did you know that, that you'll hear things, if you're, if you're not skillful in the word, people will say, oh, yes, yes, Jesus died for your sins, but, but now, let's talk about you. Let's talk about these things that I'm seeing in you. And here's the thing, we do, that's a different topic. What we, when we give our lives to the Lord and we offer our lives to him and we say, Lord, I want to live my life for you, that's another topic. But what Jesus did is finished. You can't add to that. You cannot add to that. So what's our goal then? To stay in repentance and to make sure that our lives are, we're hearing him, we're listening because sin will mess you up. It'll, it'll kill you. But it'll, it really will. You know, physically, it's not good for you. And so sin's not good for a number of reasons. But Jesus is the only answer to our sin. And he dealt with the sin problem once and for all. And there's nothing to add to that. So we don't want to add things to that. Um, let's look at Galatians and see how Paul talks to these Galatians with all this teaching going on. Verse 5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? 
because of all those extra things, all those other rules and regulations? Is that why he's working in your life and doing miracles? And then Paul answers. What does he say? Do you see it? What's he say? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith in God. Is that you? Do you have faith in God? Then you are, you are like Abraham. It says in the same way, you, you people, you chapel people, in the same way God calls you righteous because you have faith in him, because you believe in him. Now listen, here's the bottom line. You've got to know what he said. That's sometimes the deal is that people are like, yeah, I, I, I have faith in God. I believe God. For what? 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 What are you believing him for? That's what John said. What are you expecting? We know what we're expecting. What are you expecting? What's your faith in? You see, oftentimes, here, here's the thing. The devil has no problem with you believing that Jesus has washed your sins away and that you're going to heaven one day. He'll leave you alone, actually. You know, there's a curse operating in the world, so things are not going to be good if you're not aware of the blessing and declaring God's word in your life. But he'll leave you alone. What he doesn't want you to know is that you are blessed in such a way that there is always an answer to anything you will ever encounter. That's what Abraham found, that he was resourced. I got to show you, got to show you, I want you to see this. Let's go, um, we've read through uh, verse 7. Let's go to verse 8. What more, the scriptures, these scriptures are talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament wasn't written yet, okay? What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time. That's your time and my time. Look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles. Is that you? It is you. Everybody, some of you may be Jewish in here. You, you apply here as well. That God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their what? Because of their faith. Listen up. Listen to the extent that God went to to make sure that we, we would be in a place to be able to trust God, trust God in his promises, and receive everything we need in life. God proclaimed the good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. Now listen up. In the King James Version, it says, God preached the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. Those, those words are interchangeable. God spoke to Abraham. I believe it was in person. God preached. Imagine, he was the first preacher. He, yeah, there was no one to preach at that time. You know, we're talking about ancient times. The word of the Lord had not been given. So God preached. He came down and he preached to Abraham the good news. Listen to me. You might hear the word gospel a lot out there. If it isn't good news, it isn't the gospel. People already know they're lost. People already know out there. The people that you're working with, they already realize that the world is a terrible place to live in. They got all the bad news they want. What I'm going to share with you today is some good news about your life, and it's going to overflow in such a way that you're going to want to share it. You're going to feel an urgency. So God proclaimed, he preached the gospel to Abraham, and now you and I want to know what it is. It's going to tell us what did God say to Abraham that was such radical news. Verse 9, so all who put their faith in Christ 
share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. So what does that mean? It just told you, it just told me that all of us are going to receive, we have the opportunity to receive the same blessing as Abraham. Now, your big question would be, should be sitting there, hurry up, let's get to it. What do I have that's available to me? What belongs to me? What's the, what's the great news? Here's the point today. Faith, your faith and what God's word says. That's why you want to be here on Sundays. That's why you, want to, why you want to study the word throughout the week. Your faith and what he says about you. And now you may be thinking, how do I know what he says about me? How do I know that's for me? It's all for you. Can we, can we settle that? It's all for you. If you see it in here, it's for you. God already initiated his word. You need healing? Some of you today might be thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, the fact that, that God's given me good things. Yeah, yeah. No, I need you to think about what your biggest challenge is right now. Is it money? We're going to talk about it. Is it your health, finances? Um, is, it, is it a situation at work? Family? Those things are covered in the covenant of Abraham. And so what we're going to see is how to appropriate that. Faith in God, believing what he said. I'm, I'm convinced, guys, that sin is not the problem. It's believing what God said. It's believing what he said about us. So... The great connection to his word and his promises comes through faith. Um, you know, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 12 right now. God told Abraham, a lot of times what we remember firsthand about him is that he didn't have a son. He and his wife couldn't have a son, and we remember that about him. Oh, and so God gave him a son. There's so much more than that. In fact, the first time that God speaks to him, you're going to see how, how clearly God lines out the details. It's so much more than that Isaac came into their family unit. That was big for them, but there was so much more promised by God. What I need you to think about today is where you are, what your big obstacle is, and what he offers you today. Because he wants to, first of all, bless your life. And oftentimes, Christians stop there. there there's this hankering. There's this thing that... I just, I, I've got to have something else. Something's missing in my life. Something's missing in the lives of my children. It's important that we're recognizing that God has provided that if we'll be thankful for where we are and find a promise about what he says about that situation. It can change. It can change. In fact, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time until things change. So God told Moses, I want to bless you and your family. And then he said this, but it's going to be so big, you can't contain it all. It's going to be huge in your life. That's what you're going to see in Scripture. What I want you to think about is, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do in my life? Maybe you're thinking today, well, Gwen, you know, I, I'm retired. I'm, I'm really not looking for any new goals. Excellent. You can go full time. You're freed up. You can go full-time. You, you, you've got your, your stuff taken care of. Or maybe you're thinking, you know, I just, I just came through one big challenge. I don't, don't know that I'm ready for another one. You just don't understand the blessing and the resources that God wants to funnel through you. So let's look at Genesis 12.1. This is out of the New King James Version. Genesis 
So the Lord appears to Abraham. Remember I told you about that a minute ago? The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. So first of all, he had to know, you know, what God's first direction was, and he had to obey that. If he hadn't done that, then he wouldn't have been ready for the next step. Did you know that's the same way it is in your life and mine? We can say, oh, I believe God's going to do some great, great things in my life, but I'm just going to sit here on the couch. You see, if, if Abraham had just said, okay, okay, well, oh, thank you, God, and he hadn't packed his stuff and moved east, then um, the, the next bit wouldn't have happened. So God says to him, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So let's talk about that, because that sounds so big. But what we read in Galatians was what? The blessing of Abraham, this is it. God speaks to him several times between Genesis 12 and 17 and adds things. He'll, he'll put skin on some of the things he's talking about. But if you notice, this is big. We've got a man here who didn't even know God, didn't know who God, God was. God appeared to him and said, I am going to bless you and make you a great nation. He and his wife have no children. How does that apply to you? probably something the Lord is speaking to you, you may have at some time thought, that must be my imagination. There's no way God could do that in my life. There's no way he could do that with my family. There's no way God could restore my family. My children are horribly rebellious. There's no way that the Lord could do that in my job. My boss doesn't even like me. So Abraham could have done the same thing. Lord, me and my wife, are, we're, we're in old age now. What if he'd have done that? God would have had to choose, have chosen someone else that would have believed him. So what if Abraham would have just said, I just can't believe that's ever going to happen, that I would be a great nation, I don't even have one child. But Abraham, we read in Galatians, Abraham believed God and God counted him. Did you know when you believe God's promise, you are righteous? You are righteous. I'm talking to you today about how to have righteous behavior. Take his word, whether it's being preached or whether you found it in the scripture yourself, and dare to believe it, and God calls you right. He calls you righteous. He actually agrees with you. You're actually, I guess, agreeing with him first because he, he gives us the word. So I want you to look at this and, and put yourself in this chapter 12 of Genesis. Are you ready? We're going to look at it again. God said to him, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. Famous is not invisible. The blessing of God on your life should be visible. If you are following God where you were three years ago, five years ago in your finances, it shouldn't be where you are today. Where your family used to be, shouldn't be where you are today. What does this tell us? We want to get back into the Word and find out what He said about our families. Find out what His operation is about our finances. Maybe you said to yourself, well, my, my granddad was poor, my dad was poor, my aunts and uncles are poor, we're just poor, but we're proud. God will deliver you from both. 
He told Abraham, I'm going to make you famous. He said, I'm going to bless you. Kings are going to come from your line. You're going to, you'll, you'll see further in Scripture, it says, you're going to be wealthy, rich. Did I say that in a church setting? No, God said it. God said, I'm going to make you very, very wealthy. Why? He wanted to make a distinction between the cursed world and those who follow God. What is that looking like in your life? Those who are around you and they don't know God, can they see the blessing of God in your life? It's okay for you to feel it. I feel really, really blessed. It should be showing up in your life. What does it look like? What would it look like if everyone in this place had enough that they required no aid or support, they were thoroughly furnished for every good work, and had enough to give, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. That's the, that's the plan of God for you and me. Not that we're just blessed and having a good time when we're in here. We've got to have a reason to get outside these four walls. You should know some people that don't know God, do you? Are you getting to know your neighbors? Are you getting to know your neighbors? And are, Do they like being around you because the blessing of God is on your life? You know when your bills are paid month after month, it kind of leads to happiness, a little bit of happiness. It's nice to have your bills paid. When you get a new car, it's kind of fun. But what if you told your neighbors, oh, you know, God's blessed my life. I, he, he's the main thing in my life. And they see you year after year. Your kids are healthy. You're healthy. Don't be a grumpy Christian. If you're a grumpy Christian, just don't even tell them. The, the blessing ought to be visible. God said to Abraham, I will make you famous. He said, I'll make you a great nation, and you will be a blessing to others. Did that happen? If we go back in history, because this was a real man, did that happen? Yeah, the, the nation of Israel. And they're still famous today. They got a little bitty army, and they're always victorious. The rich, the Jews. They, you can't tell a Jewish person, by the way, just don't need all that money. They understand that they are a conduit. They're supposed to be blessing the world. And so there's an understanding. You just can't talk to them about that kind of thing. But now, in Western culture, we've kind of gotten a, a little bit off base, and we're going back to Scripture today to see what God calls blessed. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. What's he saying to you? I want to make you a great business owner. Are you in, in the medical field? You're going to be the leading nurse so that you will have audience with the manager of that hospital. That's what God wants to do. He wants us to be in positions of authority in the world around us to use what we have been given for his glory so that we'll shine out and people will say, I want that. People don't want to be a part of some a Christian group that is sad, never having any fun. And they're broke, busted, and disgusted, just like everybody else out there going to Winstar. God wants to bless your life with something lasting. And he wants you to be a blessing. What's he calling you to? Is he calling you to be the best educator? He's calling you. There's a calling on your life. You see, this gives purpose for you getting up in the daytime. In the morning, 
<laughs> this gives a pur- purpose for you and your daily walk with the Lord. He wants to bless you in such a way that you are a conduit and you are blessing others. People can see that visible blessing in your life. Verse 3, let's go over that. First of all, remember, the blessing will be visible. It will be undeniable. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Listen up. There should not be one person in this place that has a victim mentality after you hear this today. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. God said to Abraham, everybody that blesses you, if they're doing good to you, they're going to be blessed. Well, you'd notice that after a while. You'd notice that after a while. You give something to this guy, Abraham, and all of a sudden you get more in return. That's what happened. Abraham was sat among kings. He had an army of his own. So he became very wealthy and very renowned. So what would that look like for you? I, I want to read this to you from Proverbs 26 too. It goes with this portion. I'll bless those who bless you. That's pretty clear. Did you know that God opposes people that oppose you if you're walking in the blessing? I, I know of someone recently, they were looking for a house. And, you know, the housing market right now, they go fast. And so looking for a house, and it looked like this house was going to go to someone else. And so now what, we, what do we do? And um, so in there praying and, you know, what, what's next? Turns out the house they wanted did come back to them. So it was already under contract. See, God has always has a pathway for blessing. You will never be a victim. You can think like a victim, but you're not. If you're following the Lord, there's no reason for you to operate in that. Well, I'm, I don't have the education, so... You know, Lisa was listing listing off some of these uh, blessings today. I'm in a job that I'm not qualified for. I'm underqualified. So I should have a master's level to do what I'm doing, and I'm, I'm, I'm in that position. It does not matter. There should not be a victim mentality in this house, you know? How are you going to ever? It, it's a, it's a really a, a problem if you've got a victim mentality. Well, you don't know what kind of family I came from. I know what kind of family you could be born into if you have Jesus as your Savior. Then you got a new DNA. It trumps all that. Let's don't be mully grubbers. There's never a reason. I think that's very Texan. In, in Texas, that means don't be down in the mouth. And that kind of sounds Texan too. You know, all those colloquialisms. You and I have a covenant. Listen to this out of Proverbs 26. If you're ever worried about what people say about you, I can't believe they said that about me. That, that really hurt. And I understand that. I've had people hurt my feelings. It shows you're human. That's okay. But don't stay there. Because the Bible says, back to Proverbs 26, where, I've got it here. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on an unintended, on its unintended, its intended victim. I sliced that up. Like a fluttering sparrow or a darting swallow, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim. There's things you can do to operate in the curse, even as a Christian if you want to. You could choose to lie or steal or do some crazy something. Uh, Cuss out your wife in the afternoon. All those things that go against the law of love. And then what are you doing? Even though you're Christian, you've opened the door for the curse. We see way too many Christians operating 
in the curse, opening the door to the curse. So what do we want to do? Quick to repent and get back over here and, and make sure that we're doing what God called us to do in our behaviors. It's not your, remember, it's not your actions that makes you saved, but it'll keep the curse at bay, not operating it'll, out there. So the curse doesn't land on you. Did you know that if someone says to you, and they're, they're cussing you out and telling you all this stuff, if you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you're not going to be like, I can't believe they called me that. They called me poor. They called me rude. They called me whatever they might say to you. You would say, ha, ah, thank goodness. That curse, those word curses won't land on me. A curse without a cause, if it's not you, don't own it. Don't agree with them. Move on. Because you know who you are in Christ Jesus. Christ has redeemed you from every word curse. And maybe you lived in a family. There's all kinds of things that have been spoken over your family. You're, you will never amount to anything. You know, you were never good at math. There could be all kinds of things that are still blockades in your life. Renew your mind to who God says you are. He says you're chosen. Ephesians 1. He says you're adopted. He says you're his own. Never should there be a victim mentality. Well, you know, my family, there's not anybody in my family who's ever been business owners. If he's calling you to that, you may be the first. Then what would they look, that look like? See, we look at Abraham and we look at the promise of God. I will make of you a great nation. And we go, wow. Yeah, I got nothing. He said nothing over me. He has said so much over you, but you discount it and say, ah, oh, that I could ever pay my house off? That I could ever be debt free? I just don't see it. Find it. Find it. There's scriptures on debt freedom in here. All you need is one or two. Maybe you're dealing with a disease that there's no cure for. Healing passages await you when you say those. You see, God's word is powerful. Abraham, when God spoke to him, he was forever changed. He believed the words God spoke. Imagine if you had an audience with God Almighty, that would be impactful. But you and I have audience all the time. On Sundays, when we hear the word preached, if you're opening the word of God during the week, listen. I open my Bible a lot during the week, and I don't have great encounters in my living room. John, you know, he told you about how he, uh, he and I have been talking about this, this series. And um, we were sitting there actually last uh, a week or so ago, and I was sitting on the couch, and he was studying. He was over there studying and going through his laptop. And every once in a while, he'd, you know, perk up and say, listen to this. And I'd go, yeah. And then he said something, he said something, and I thought of Galatians 3. He mentioned Galatians 3, and we started to go through there, and I was, had been scrolling through Instagram. He's studying the word. I'm scrolling through Instagram. And then he said, you've got the word for next week. And I said, I thought that was August. And so he, he said, just tell me, I want you to pray about it and let me know. And then the next morning, I was spending time with the Lord, and I felt like it just got dropped in my heart. The fact is, when God speaks to you, he has something to say to you. When he speaks to you, take it. Take it. When, when Lisa or John are up here, they're the voices you hear most, and you hear a, something in a song that is way beyond what you could think or, or imagine, just like Abraham had to say, you know what, God? Because you're so big. 
See, we're not looking at ourselves. You can't look at yourself and go, I don't have the education for that. I was not even a good parent. How can I expect that out of my children? It's called your redemption package. He will give you things you don't deserve. He'll work mercy in your life. He'll do amazing things, but you've got to believe that the blessing of God is on your life for you to be whole and that also you can share that with other people. He may call you to do something specifically where your job is concerned, where... Uh, where your family is concerned. He may give you specific direction. And you may say, maybe you're sitting there thinking, God speaks to you? Yes, and he does to you too. It just often sounds like a really great idea. Don't discount those things. The Spirit of God has a plan and a purpose for the blessing of God in your life. If you're like me, I studied this this week, and I realized I had to get my, I had to, I, I had to renew my mind in the, the whole thing about the blessing. I'm glad that John's going to be talking very soon about the power of words, about the authority of the believer, because these things go hand in hand. There's so many words around us. You know, we have so many voices coming our way. We want to be able to pull what God says from us, or from what God says, and take it personally to us. So, in closing, I have a couple of summary points, and these are it. Your faith in God and what he has said about you is your connection to that blessing, to that next thing you need. It's available to you. And don't say, oh, surely God doesn't want me to have it. If it's a desire of your heart, dare to believe it. Dare to believe he's that good. Not that you're that good. I'm not asking you to believe in your own accolades. I'm not asking you to do that. Asking you to believe he's that good. Faith connects you to the blessing. Secondly, you are a conduit of that blessing. Who are you blessing? See, if, if we're just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just glad I'm saved. <laughs> and that's it. I'm just so glad. Whew, life is tough. Then we are not looking for ways to be a blessing to others. Ways to impact our world, ways to be a world changer. And that, my friends, is what you're called to. I can't lower it for you. It's what we're called to. If you're breathing today, it's important that we grasp this. I want to close in prayer, and I want you to ask the Lord right now, Lord, what does that look like for me? What have I let slip in the area of being a conduit? of blessing others. Who am I supposed to be blessing? What am I supposed to be doing? It might be a phone call that he challenges you to make this afternoon. It could be something in the area of your finances that you need to, to make changes. He'll speak to you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus took the curse for us so that we could make the great exchange and be blessed with a blessing that is bigger than this life. It extends into our eternity. It's so big. So I thank you for that. I pray that you would just seal these words that were spoken today from your word in the hearts of the believers today. I pray that you would show us what it looks like to be blessed, to take ownership and recognize it's supposed to be visible in our life. What does that look like? 
and also to be a blessing to those around us. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Good job. This morning, begin, as you process what was said over you, the, the promises of God are yes and amen. That means he's already said yes, it's up to you to say so be it. We sing a song, and, and we're going to sing it next week or the weeks before coming, but I'm trading my sorrows. Do, do you remember the song? Before we leave, I just want to remind you of this. Because what you have heard today, the redemption package, is so good if you're aware of it. See, some of you have been walking around and one day you're going to see little Malachi, the illustration, and go, Who are you? You're my son. God's blessing has been following you around and you don't even know it. The older brother wasn't aware that he owned everything, but he's not no, taking no money, giving me nothing. God's already given you it all. So if you're going through something right now and life is being life to you, say, eh, dust it off. This morning, make a choice. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. That's your package today, redemption package. The blessing of Abraham has come on me. Now listen to this. I'm trading my sickness. I'm trading my pain. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. This is what I love. I'm blessed beyond the curse. For his promises will endure. His joy is going to come and be my strength. Listen to this. Though the sorrow may last for the night, his joy comes in the morning. Some of you feel like it's nighttime, and that doesn't mean joy comes in a.m. It comes when you get the revelation. That the promises are yours. Now let me just, I've said this before, but when, when I got this, I, I've been Christian years. And I hate to admit it, but I was pastor for years. But when I really got a revelation of who I was in Christ Jesus, all of a sudden I got this smile on my face. Why? You ever realize if all you got to do is smile and people go, uh-oh, what, what's up? It's not used to it. People aren't used to you smiling and getting a revelation of who God says you are. Who does my father say that I am? I'm his own. So when, when the sorrows come, when the shame starts to come on you, the pain starts, oh no. Because I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Who am I? I'm his own. Amen. Stand up. Let's pray. I'm going to let you go on this 4th of July. Oh, I want you to greet one another. Smile. Put a smile on your face. Say, I am all, I'm whole this morning. God has reminded me through this message that I am all that he says I am. I am, I am his own. God, today as we leave this place, may you bless America, our home, sweet home. And God, you have blessed our country, I believe, because the blessing of Abraham is on your people. And our people, the, the Christians, the believers, God, are blessed to be a blessing in this country. And Father, we're seeing the blessing because as we bless people, God, we're blessed. And as blessing as people bless us, they're blessed. And God, we, we, we wake up and God, there's nothing that we have done to earn this. It was your favor upon us. 
And Father, so as we walk in that blessing, you've already said yes to your promise in our life, and we say amen. Amen. You may be dismissed. Go get them.